First of all, I am rubbish at asking for help. It usually, I usually explode and then I get help. Can we have it all? Real conversations on navigating your 30s and 40s, leaving the nine to five and being a working mum, inspiring you to take that leap to do what you truly want to. Hi guys and welcome to episode five of my podcast, Can We Have It All? And this week I'm excited to welcome my second guest to the podcast, the wonderful Gemma Wade, aka You Say Tomato Cooking, or if you're over the other side of the pond, You Say Tomato. And Gemma is a total inspiration. She epitomizes mum boss, um, juggling kids, a creative, successful career that she started over the pond and brought over here but I won't say too much because she's going to tell us all about her story and her journey to where she is now and how she juggles everyday life the reality of it all and where she wants to go to next so yeah enjoy listen in hi Gemma so I am here with the wonderful Gemma Wade and we're sat in her beautiful beautiful kitchen which if you follow her at all or you say tomato or have been to any of her events you will have experienced this kitchen of dreams it's definitely kitchen goals um but before we get into anything it'd be really good if you could introduce yourself your business what you do okay hi so i'm Gemma. um i who am I? Gosh, that's a big question. I am 41. I have two little boys, age seven and nine. I have been running my own business for the past seven years. Um, when I left university, I went to work in advertising in London, worked in that for 10 years. And then when I was on maternity leave with my first son, my husband got offered a job in California. And the next day, I found out I was pregnant with my second son, which is a nice surprise. Um, so we were kind of at that point of trying to decide, do we move, do we move out of London? So we decided to go to California, and to cut a long story short, while I was there, I decided to totally pivot and start a new business, which was to start teaching people to cook, and that's when my business started. So I did that in California for three and a half years, and then we moved back to Manchester three and a half years ago, and I've been doing it over here ever since. Amazing. So we'll we'll kind of delve a little bit more into that in a minute, but thank you for that intro. So one thing I like to do with all my guests, just to get to know them and to kind of break the ice and kind of, you know, get comfy, is play a little game of this or that. Okay. Do you know how to play this or that? Yes. Right, okay. Because yeah. I've had a couple of guests that say yes and then they realise they really don't. <laughs> I, think I, I, do. I think so I do. So I'll give you two options and just quick fire, you've got to say which one. Okay, so yeah. here we go. Tea or coffee? Coffee. White wine or red wine? Both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, rosé. I'm kind of oh, a rosé. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, a good rosé. Yeah. Provençal, very, oh. very crisp. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Pasta or rice? Oh God. Um, pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Britain or the USA? Britain. Night in or night out? Um, at the moment, night in, but love a night out. Yeah. But I'm, it has to be a good one to be to justify the lack of sleep. Yeah, totally, totally with you on that one. That's a parent thing, yeah. isn't it? Beach holiday or snow holiday? Beach. Gary Barlow or Robbie Williams? <sighs> Used to be Robbie Williams, now Gary Barlow. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. that, isn't it? <laughs> We're showing our age yeah. there. Yeah. 
Scary or posh? Posh. Always. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Work or play? It is so blurred. Play. Yeah. But really work. <laughs> <laughs> Cook or be cooked for? Cook. Peanut butter or jam? I'm allergic to peanuts, ah. so jam. But I love almond butter. <laughs> Fair enough, right. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. I, th I feel like we, we all know you so much, so much more now. Okay. We're warmed up. Yes. Okay, so you've introduced yourself. You've talked a little bit about your journey, but I'm actually interested to kind of understand that a bit more because I think it's a really cool story. And there's not many people that, you know, have started a business overseas and, and bought it. I mean, there will be people, but not many people that you know, to talk to that have bought a business from the US over here and it's worked. And you still go back, don't you? Yeah, so I go back once a year. And uh, so basically, the, I mean, my business started off with me teaching cooking classes in my home kitchen to busy working families because no one else was doing that. There was a lot of cooking classes that were very much geared towards teaching you chefy food or restaurant food, but nobody was teaching people things they'd actually make midweek. Yeah. So I started off teaching in our rented kitchen in our house in California, um, and then I would go and teach in people's kitchens there. And Because we were in Silicon Valley, people had these fab kitchens. Yeah, um, And they wanted their friends to come over, so it was a really nice sort of melting pot of needs that I was answering. Um, and when I told everyone I was moving back here, they were lovely and you know I became quite good friends with a lot of my clients and they were like what can we do to make sure you come back and so we still get our Gemma fix and they you know one of my friends over there really kindly has got a little pool house you know like you see on the OC um so I stay in that for free oh, which makes so it cool. financially doable and it has its own kitchen so I can do all my prep and then I go and teach in people's kitchens so I rock up with my suitcase with my knives and my pans and my weird packets of mould and salt and things. How do you travel? With it all goes in the hole. <laughs> but the mould and salt, sometimes I think people think I'm a cocaine smuggler or something. So take that over with me. Um, and when I'm there, yeah, I just go and cook in people's houses and I do it for a week, really intense, two classes a day, about, you know, full 30 people a day that I'm teaching. Amazing. Um, and the demand's still there, even though you're kind yeah, of based over here now. Yeah, and I think because of social media and my newsletter and all that kind of thing, I've kept a relationship with people over there. And the lovely thing is, because it's sort of a word of mouth thing, a lot of people who now book me for classes when I go back never used to come to my classes when I lived there. They've just heard about me and it's kind of a limited demand. So That's fantastic. It quite quickly. That's what you need, isn't it, yeah. I think, really. Yeah. Um, and so what was the kind of light bulb moment when you were over there to think, this could be a business and I could I could be charging for this. So I've so I had my 10 years in advertising, which I loved, and it was definitely work hard, play hard, amazing job for people in their 20s, especially in that time. Um, it was really, really hard, but in that time I learned a lot about you know strategy, insights, marketing plans, delivering projects, all that kind of stuff. When I was on maternity leave, I was going to go back, and they, I was asking to go back four days a week, and I'd done a whole proposal about how it would work, and they said no, and even though I'd probably been doing five days a week work for four days' yeah. salary. And mums are like the most productive Oh gosh, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, when I think now about the number of days we just messed around at work, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, but it was just a resounding no, and I think back then, I think now there's a lot more legal protection around that stuff, but I was basically let go. Mm -hmm. um, so I had, you know, I had a brain, I knew a lot of stuff, I'd run big campaigns for big clients, and 
I really want to be a mom. I really want to spend time with my kids, but I really wanted to do something else as well. So one night we were in California, we'd been living there for about a year. I'd had my second son by then and we'd kind of were in the madness of having two children under two. Um, one night in the garden, bottle of wine, where most of our big life decisions happen. Oh, yeah. I was moaning, as per, to my husband. <laughs> he was trying to give me solutions, as per. Um, and he said, well, do something with food then, if you want to do something. And I did my usual thing of, oh God, but then I'll have to like rent a restaurant or rent a kitchen. And he was just like, well, why don't you just teach cooking classes from home? And I was like, I can't because, you know, the yeah, usual. Yeah, yeah. So then he said, well, all you need to do is set up a Facebook page. You don't need a website. Start emailing the people that you know. Um, and that first class, you know, I did for like $15. And I said to people, look, it might be rubbish. It might be good. I don't know. Just come along, pay for the food. And it's two hours. It ended up being three and a half hours because yeah. I had no idea about timings. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And I just, I think word just got out from between people over there and it was just lovely because people over there as well, because it's Silicon Valley, most of the people who were coming to my classes were either themselves or surrounded by people who worked at Apple and Google and Facebook. And it's a place where it feels like anything's possible. Yeah. And people are so supportive of new ideas and interesting new things. And people love finding out the new interesting cool thing to do and telling yeah. their friends about and it. being part of it. Yeah, and I said, so that was great, but I think because of my background in marketing, I was very conscious of, you know, I had a database from day one when there was like four people on it, but you know, I captured data about people, like I made notes of what age their kids were, what they liked to eat. So after Amazing. each class, I would like scribble stuff down. And then it meant that I could kind of go back to them with an email in three weeks time and saying, I know you've got a child who's gluten free. Here's some new recipes that you might like. So I was very personal about it. That's really cool. Um, and then I started a Mailchimp newsletter, which that was then became because I think with social media, as everyone knows, you don't own anything. Yeah. And I'm really pleased I did that then because that's become my way of communicating with people in a more reliable way. I think that's a really important point. It's something I talk about a lot. Um, you know, workshops with Weblog and things is that. Things like social media, you don't own, it could be gone tomorrow, yes, I know it's mm. unlikely, but it could be, and, and actually if you're not capturing your audience and your customer base mm. so that you can market to them directly, mm. and yes, we're in a world of GDPR now, so you yeah. have to do that responsibly yeah. and in the correct way, um, then you're missing out, and I think, so you were obviously very aware and savvy, and yes, your background had kind of fed into making those decisions, but I think that's super super important that you've done that and i think because i mean this is seven years ago so instagram wasn't really a thing i mean it kind of was but people were just taking pictures of their coffee it wasn't a you know business There's no hashtag strategy facebook was so yeah facebook <laughs> was still you know seeing pictures of your friends you know on yeah. nights out and stuff so i didn't ever really and because my business at that stage was so local i didn't really see the benefit of social media to fill get bums on seats in my classes whereas newsletters worked for me yeah. The downside of that is I felt like I was then quite slow to get into Instagram and Facebook when actually if I'd have started then, I'd have probably been... Oh, oh. It's the last <laughs> shoulda, woulda, coulda, isn't it? I yeah. think that now. I mean, I, I've been blogging for eight years, which is ancient in the world yeah. of blogging. And I remember my hubby saying, because he's in the digital world, yeah. so he's always sort of one step ahead of this stuff. He was like, you should blog and you should you know, advertise on that and, 
and get going with your Instagram. And I just was in that place where yeah. I was like mid twenties, like, no, I need a career, like yeah. a proper career. If only I'd blimmin' done it. I know. You know, know. The, the day before algorithms when you could just oh, grow crazy. I mean, totally off on a tangent, but I was looking at somebody that I follow now who has 1.2 million followers. She's from England and she's she's fantastic, amazing. And I thought, but I looked and she only had 600 odd posts and, and you know, not very many. So I scrolled right through to the bottom, which you can't often do with Instagram these yeah. days because there's so many posts. And her first ever post had like 9,000 likes oh and she God. had no hashtags, no nothing. But it's it was 2014, it's the yeah. day of the early adopter. Yeah. It's like, yeah, be an early adopter, people. Yeah. But anyway, just stepping back, because you said something really interesting and that I resonate with as well. Um, and the feminist in me kind of is a bit annoyed by it, but kind of it's, it's really good because it, it talks about support. Was you said, um, you know, it's a similar thing to me and my husband. You had this, you wanted to do something else and your hubby was quite pragmatic about it, was like, we'll do this then, mm. and all you have to do is that. And I think men are quite good at that, aren't oh, they? Amazing. And us women overthink, you know, tend to and go, oh, well, but, you know, like you said, what, well, I'd have to get a restaurant and I'd have to do this. And a I'd license? Like, sure, no, I'd do that. <laughs> and you know, whereas blokes are kind of like, yeah, just do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something that we should draw on as women. <laughs> it's like just to sometimes go for it. Yeah, absolutely. But clearly you have the support as well, which helps. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's a good one. And our relationship is definitely, we're very opposite. He's like a maths nerd. I'm English girl, you know. Yeah. I'm, we're so opposite, but oh, sounds cheesy. We do balance each other out. And I think I kind of take the, I soften him up a bit and he... Stops me being such a worrier. Yeah. Most of the time, not all the time. Oh. But also, I think he's always, he was working at eBay in, he's always worked in kind of strategy. So he's very good at listening to all the crap yeah. and finding and the one nugget of decent information and then helping you turn that So I'm very lucky that I have him. Yeah. And he also sells for my spreadsheets for me in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at them now and he's like, oh God, I can't even look at those now. Because <laughs> I've messed around with them too much. <laughs> so, with that, so how long was it before you were making enough money to think, right, this is a job now, this is a career? Was it something like, you, you know, it seemed like you had some quite quick success with it, mm. um, but you were charging like 15 bucks. Yeah. How, how did that kind of growth happen and how did you know what to set your rates at? Well, I kept putting my prices up because, you know, and again, I just want to underline, this was a very unusual situation in that I was in Silicon Valley where people have got, you know, they're being paid by Apple and their value of their stock price is going up by thousands and thousands every month. So money is not an issue for most of the people there, which was quite weird for me because I'm not from that background. Um, so I was looking around at what people were paying for things like personal trainer, yoga classes, things like that, because no one else was doing what I was doing, so I couldn't find anyone to compare to. And I just kept putting my prices up until people started kind of going, oh, what do we get <laughs> again for yeah. that? Yeah. And I just noticed that, you know, I didn't want to take the mick out of people, but what they were getting was, and I think, again, this is something that is really important to get your head around, is your own value and what mm. you're giving people. Because I think particularly in England, we're always like, oh, God, I don't want to rip people off. I don't want people to think I'm being cheeky. But actually what people were getting from me was... A life-changing skill that was changing the way their families ate yeah. and these are people who were spending quite a lot of money on eating out or boxes of you know gusto kind of things mm -hmm. um, so it gave me the confidence to charge what I needed to charge to cover you know and again it wasn't just the time that people were in class that they were paying for they were paying for the 
two weeks of recipe testing and writing handouts and the fact that I was paying for childcare and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So I had to kind of mentally get my head around that and give myself permission to be confident enough to ask for what I needed to charge. I, yeah, I think that's, I love that sort of give yourself permission because I think that it's part of it, isn't it? Of knowing, you know, I hate the expression knowing your worth, mm. but you know, you do have to get to a point and if you've come from a more traditional, in inverted yeah. commas, career where there's kind of a, a history of salary behind you, mm. you, kind of there's some sort of ladder of, of progress you sort of know where you're sitting at, mm. um, or something in your industry dictates what your rates should be, mm. and then you do something that you've never done before, yeah. you do have to just quantify it in mm. a way that you feel comfortable with, and that pays the bills. Yeah, and it's still my biggest, I mean, then we moved back to England, I just start all over again, and yeah. pricing here is very different because I'm in a very different market, and you know, people don't have as much disposable income, and people have different things that they need to spend their money on. So I had to start again thinking, right, how much do I charge and what do I give for that? And that's a constant, you know, I still am questioning that all the time. Yeah, it's a learning, it's yeah. a learning curve, isn't it? I yeah. think, um, yeah, and a constant evaluation. Again, that's something I'm always thinking about with my business and people that I advise in that way. It's, it's a constant evaluation oh, and looking yeah. at your audience and what, you know, knowing them as well, like you say, what are they spending their money on elsewhere and what things are they looking for in life? I think it's really important to understand that when you are providing some sort of service. Yeah, and I'm also really mindful that a lot of my audience are mums. So, and I know that what they're going to benefit from what I share with them is, you know, there's a lot of benefit they're going to get, but they might not realise that until they've been which is really yeah. tricky yeah um so again that's you know and I, I know how hard it's when you're either living on mom's salary or you're both working part-time or you, you know all that kind of stuff so i don't want it to become something that's only for people who have got the luxury of loads of disposable income because yeah. that's not you know i want to try and have as many people as i can come in absolutely and as somebody who's been to one of your lunchtime classes and totally fall into that camp of didn't entirely get what it was hadn't really done anything like that before and came along and just loved it and then totally got it and it has changed and I, I mean I'm like total plug here for you <laughs> but you know I'm on your monthly subscription thing which yeah. we'll talk about in a minute but um you know and I think sometimes you have to experiment with these things to, to see the value in them and I guess as somebody who's running a business it's really hard to get you know, on the table, so yeah. to speak, of people who don't know what you do. Yeah. And, I mean, how do you do that? I guess, promotions yeah. or, I mean... Well, I think if you're like a yoga studio or something, then you give the first class free. Yeah. Like that. yeah. But, you know, it's quite easy if you're running a yoga class to give a class away for yeah. free. Because, you know, whereas if it's a cooking class and there's only eight people here, yeah. if everyone's coming for free... <laughs> well, that's it. And you've got very definitive costs. It's yeah, not exactly. like you have a space that if there's 10 yeah. people in it or 20, yeah. it doesn't really matter. You've got ingredient costs, prep costs, yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's, again, it is the biggest head, whatever, I don't yeah. swear, that <laughs> word. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> the constant, like, am I, like, should I be charging more? Am I, like, you know, but then you have to think about different income streams, and that's definitely something, as my business has grown, I was all about cooking classes for, like, four or five years, um, and then I just had to when I came back here and realised that I wasn't going to be able to make as much money from cooking classes, I needed to find other ways to reach people and also I didn't want to be as limited by my geography yeah. as I could afford to be when I was over there. Yeah. So I needed to find different ways that people could 
use my services or whatever without physically always coming to classes. Which kind of brings us nicely on to something I just mentioned, which is your monthly subscription. Um, so something I talk about with all my guests is this kind of diversifying your income. And I do think it's the modern kind of entrepreneurial way, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's rare that you find that one thing that just flies and just feeds you money yeah. continually and that you can just sit back and relax. The dream. The dream. <laughs> we're, all, we're all striving for it. So what other, tell us a little bit about the other channels of income you have. So yeah, so for a long time I was really resistant to doing anything else because I was very much that, well, I need to be focused, I need to be really focused on classes and I will work 110% until that works. Um, and then when I moved back here, a lot of my clients in California were saying, oh God, we really miss having those ideas and we really miss that, you know, every time they used to come to a class, even if it was only every three months, they would leave with a kind of renewed excitement about cooking and new yeah. ideas and new things to try. And, you know, I was, I was doing a few videos and things and obviously doing more on social media and doing my newsletter. And I'd always, I've always been doing meal planner and I'd always shared that in my classes, why I think that's important. Um, I'd always shared that on social media and I used to share a lot my actual meal plans with all the recipes, which used to take me about, you know, three hours to write. Yeah. Just the blog post. Um, and people loved that. Um, and quite a few people said to me, oh, would you help me with meal planning? And I was then doing that in a very kind of customised way. And then for ages I was thinking, it'd be really good to have like a subscription service where people paid me every month and I gave them a meal plan and recipes. And then that was probably about a year before I actually did it because I then spent a year talking myself out of it, <laughs> thinking, well, I need a whole new payment gateway, which I don't know how to do, and I'll need a new website, all this stupid stuff, which in hindsight I didn't need at all, but yeah. I just put barriers in the way. Yeah. Um, and so I launched it eventually <laughs> last December, end of December, so December 2018. Um, and I've had a really lovely response to it. So it's still early days, um, but I've you know got a lot of people. I think I, was, I launched it just at the start of, just end of December, beginning of January, which was a good time because I think a lot of people are in that, right, I'm going to be different this yeah, year mindset. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've had a lot of people sign up. So people basically get... Um, for a monthly amount, they get a four weeks of meal plans, and each and each week has four meals that they can cook with recipes, and I give them the recipes, and I also give them a shopping list so that they can basically not have to think. Because yeah. I, I I know a lot of people now will just go and get a HelloFresh box or something like that, which I feel a little bit is that that old kind of give a man to fish, teach a man to fish yes. thing. I think yeah. they are great, and they're getting a lot of people cooking but there's a lot of packaging. I don't think it's sustainable long-term no. in terms of cost and just, I, I think it's much more sensible to teach people how to cook. Absolutely. And be able to pop to the shops and buy things. And use leftovers and things like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah, I learn what is... goes with what and oh, actually I can do, you know. So, so I, um, I've totally gone off a tangent. Yeah, so people get a shopping list. So each week they can look at their meal plan. They've got four recipes. They've got all their shopping list, they can get the shopping done online or whatever. And then what I'm finding a lot of families are doing, which is lovely, is they're just leaving the recipes and the meal plan on the fridge or on the kitchen. And, you know, if there's, oh, you know, the adults in the family or teenagers are picking a night that they're going to cook and they can then literally just do it and it's yeah. all there. Um, and all the recipes are designed for busy families. So all the years I've spent talking to people in my classes and understanding what it is that real families need, which is tray bakes, yeah. things that fussy kids will eat, things that will work if you're all eating at different times, yeah. all that kind of stuff. 
um, things that don't require shop, trips to seven shops to get you, you know, all that things. Um, basically the opposite of Ottolenghi, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, who I love. But yeah. Um, So yeah, so that's what I do. So I write those every month. I'm just about to send out my fourth month. I'm excited. Um, and I'm getting really amazing feedback. And lovely feedback from people, from a range of people who are really confident cooks who are just in a rut, all the way through to people who literally have two recipes in their repertoire and yeah. now they're making, you know, now, now they've got ten recipes in their repertoire and the loveliest bit is seeing pictures of fussy and I'm doing the fingers yeah. there fussy kids eating the same meal as everyone else because that's my big thing one meal per family per night and that's how it should be isn't it I think yeah. you know we need to make lives easier for ourselves as well and like you say you know your target audience you are your target audience mm. um, for me I, you know as somebody who's had it I love the fact of thinking about leftovers one thing I hate and I think I'm becoming so much more aware of is wastage mm. and knowing what to do and just kind of thinking oh actually you know, Gemma's got, you, you give like this great sort of store cupboard list of things to have and that goes with that and some ideas, you know, you use the same ingredients twice, yes. don't you, across yes. the week or sometimes You don't have a jar of harissa in the fridge for three years. No. When you've used one teaspoon for something. Yeah, because yeah. when, you know, when I thought, oh, I'm going to be pickling my own onions, I was like, <laughs> what? Who, Who am I? I? Yeah, and then, and I used them. Do you know what I mean? They were, they were in the fridge for a week and... No, I think it's it's a fantastic idea, and um, yeah, that's I love that you've kind of thought, you know, all your experience has sort of given you this, it's, it's kind of served you this idea in a way, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's different kind of channels, and then obviously we've got the lovely social media, yeah, lovely social yes, media, yes, <laughs> which we all we all love to hate, yeah, and hate to love, and all of this. Um, how are you finding that social media supports your business? So I find it's a real time suck when I probably should be doing other things. Right. Which I think everyone probably feels like. Yeah. So this year I've been a lot more mindful about allocating time to go on and trying to unfollow loads of people who were making me feel bad. Yes. Including, I know this is awful, but I used to follow a lot of real foodie people and every time someone's book came out I'd be a bit like I want to write a book oh, and it's like it's so and it's know. really bad because I want to feel happy for them but I think it's, you know it's very natural to see people that you admire and then just be a bit like oh god I'm not doing as well as them um, so anyway so I unfollowed loads of people I follow, I've now followed people who really inspire me who make me feel happy um, I think social media is amazing because when you do it right which I'm still trying to work out how to do it is a brilliant way of people telling their friends about you and sharing your content and all that kind of stuff and getting ideas and you know you and I met yeah. through social media yeah, absolutely. you then have introduced me to other people who I never really see that much in real life but we chat on social media a lot and are helping we're all helping each other yeah. and that's amazing yeah particularly when you're a mum and you're at home a lot and it's hard to go out and network in a sort of normal way absolutely um but yeah so I do I'm I, I prefer Instagram to Facebook um, I see Facebook is a bit more, uh, it's, it's better for sharing kind of more content, yes. but I feel it's less, pers I use it less personally. Yeah. Um, Twitter, I kind of, uh, I'm a consumer of Twitter, but I don't post much. Yeah, I'm a bit like that. Yeah. And I can't, I don't it's think you can do quick. all three of them. No. Well, you, well, this is it. And I think you do have to kind of pick one or two that you're kind of yeah. happy with and confident with. And I think what you say about I'm following people is really important and it sounds awful and it doesn't mean that you don't like or someone mute people, or mute people if you don't want to know absolutely yeah. mute them because yeah. um, you're not the first guest to have said that and you know I think 
especially it's not it's refreshing to hear that from people who are really nice people and you know it doesn't mean that you hate someone or that it's shit or that you think their content shit i think sometimes with the best will in the world people make you feel like crap even when they yeah, don't and that's you that's, that's not you them. exactly yeah. it's you it's happening to you internally and i think when you start to feel that negativity that's when you've got to kind of address it yourself and i think yeah if somebody has gone from inspiring you um you know or you know looking at them in an aspirational way to kind of actually make you feel a bit shit about yourself yeah. then it's time to just yeah. mute for yeah. a bit yeah. and that's really good and you know we can do that in real life with you know we'll just not <laughs> see somebody for a while oh, totally, yeah. and, but it's really hard to do that digitally mm. so I think I think it's a really good piece of advice mm. okay so a little bit about Gemma the mum right because you know the women listening to this will be feeling the juggle as you have so you talked a little bit about um having you know two under two and mm. starting your business yeah where did you take um help and things you mentioned very briefly childcare how how has that kind of played in how did you juggle being a mum and growing a business first of all i am rubbish asking for help it usually i usually explode and then i get help so i will it will be the day that you know and i keep referring to my husband because poor he's the poor guy who sees all this yeah so everyone's like oh my god jemmy your business is awesome it's doing so well and i'm like well last night pete came home and i was halfway through a bottle of wine crying about the fact that i'm crap at everything oh my god i'm a crap mom my business isn't doing what i wanted oh god, to do the house is a mess me. yeah <laughs> that all the time but obviously on social media everything's amazing yeah um, and I'm you know I don't try and be too perfect on social media but ugh, no one wants to read about oh my kids have just like appear in the toilet and you know all that's no one wants to hear well I know some people that's their thing that's not my thing um so how do I get help so when we lived in California obviously we had no family so my two boys are eight 17 months apart um so when and I now whenever I see 17 month old babies I'm like, how the hell did I have another baby when I had one of those? But I did. And actually, yeah. in a lot of ways, it was nice because I was just in that madness for, you know, um, and they're very close. Um, so when we lived there, I had no help. I put my oldest one into, um, well, actually, I had a friend who was working from home and she had a nanny at home. And she had a little boy who was an only child and really wanted him to have, not be on his own with adults all the time. So yeah. she was like, well, can Gabriel come over? A couple of mornings a week yeah and I was like amazing so I paid for that which was lovely so yeah. then I was just with the baby yeah um and then as they got a little bit older um Gabriel went to preschool from being two and a half three mornings a week but I went to a childminder which is my big regret because I didn't in hindsight I, I wish I'd not sent him because yeah. it wasn't really it's very unregulated in california right so it's not like here and it was basically a lady who had him in a house and it just never quite felt oh he was happy and there was yes. no signs they don't know no they don't but i just got very very guilty about that and i was like is it i'm not really earning enough to justify it but actually i'm glad i did of course it's like a therapy session no. i'm glad i did because i think that was when my business was growing really well yeah and it allowed me to be a bit more focused on that yeah but i did the classic thing of you know shoving in front of frozen for two hours yeah. while i do some emails or write a blog post um latterly we had a babysitter lovely lady who would come over every thursday afternoon so i used to put them down for their nap at 12 i was a big gina ford no nice. so it was very right. regulated <laughs> I um yeah surprise surprise um so they would go down for that and actually that was the other thing they both napped 12 to 2 every day oh, so that was 
That's like the dream. And they went to bed. I mean, not every day. No, you know, kind of knew what you were getting. Pretty much. One of them would be asleep and the other one would just be rolling around on the floor or something. So I always had that time. Um, and I did, you know, just work late in the evenings. I was, it was so exciting when mm. it first started that the adrenaline kind of kept me going. Yeah. And I was just, I didn't want to turn anything down. I didn't want to say anything. But obviously I was teaching in the evenings as well. So I put them to bed. Busy. And at half seven, people would arrive. And then I'd be teaching till half ten, eleven. And then be up twice in the night, you know. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, and I talk about it now, I'm like, it's mad. It is madness. And you sort of end up, you just run, don't you? You yeah. just run on this nervous energy, I think. Yeah. You know, especially with young kids or babies. Yeah. Um, when you're growing a business, you just don't see, like people say to me, well, how do you do it? When I say, oh, I had three hours of broken sleep yeah. last night. But you just, it's what you know, isn't it? And I, then it's yeah. only when you start to come out of that that you look back and think, oh, God, how did I yeah. do it? I mean, I, am, I was very, I wasn't working enough that I, you know, I definitely had a lot of time with them. So I still had probably like three full days a week with them. Yeah. So, you know, I managed to do you know, I still went to the library for singing and went to yeah. the park and all that stuff. So I did get a nice mixture, but um, when we moved back to England, they were both then at starting school. So that was a whole new routine. Thing. And it's funny because I think for anyone who's listening who's got really little ones who's thinking about once they start school, it's actually, in some ways it's a lot easier because A, they're a bit older, a bit more independent. Um, but there is so much life admin that comes yeah. with them being at school. And, you know, it's a short day. You drop them off at nine. You've got to be there at quarter past three. Yeah. It comes around like that, doesn't yeah. it? So, and the, oh, my God. Have you got a school WhatsApp group? I mean, oh gosh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. There's, there's a whole other barrage. There's about barrage. seven WhatsApp groups that I'm on from school. Oh, God. There's this whole other barrage of things that you've yeah. got to check. And, and you know, parties. I've got to double my husband in here because he, he was like, Babe, I'm too busy to be added to that WhatsApp group. Oh, really? You know, through gritted teeth. <laughs> so I kind of have to pick up the newsletter that gets sent yeah. out, the updates, the text well, messages. The one, next oh, week. God. You know, and, and that is the thing. There is a whole new level of things that come with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess you've kind of got more of a regimented routine. I mean, you were fairly yeah. regimented anyway, but you know, you know what hours you're yeah. going with. So then how do you kind of manage... Um, work-life balance so when you know when you work for yourself I find it's great isn't it? it kind of merges into one another do you have very definitive work times where you go right this time I'm, I'm stopping so I weekends I don't work unless it's like an amazing opportunity to go and cook somewhere or yeah. something like that I do supper clubs on a Friday night quite often um, I I think I'm not earning enough to sacrifice weekends yet yeah <laughs> I don't know if I ever will and my husband works away a lot so weekends it's just you know and also now that the boys are older they have so much stuff on the weekends so um I don't really work weekends I try really hard not to be on my phone at the weekend and I'm increasingly very conscious of not being on my phone in front of the boys which yeah. is really hard because I find my most engaging time on social media is 7 o'clock, yeah. 7.30, because of stuff. And you know what? I'm going to be so British here, and I'm going to blame the bloody weather, because <laughs> I think a lot of what happens in England yeah. is because we can't get outside enough. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've been there where you're like, 
It's pissing it down with yeah. rain. I have so many ideas of things I'd love to oh, do. Oh gosh, yeah. But other than going walking around yeah. an indoor shopping centre, yeah. it's yeah. like, okay, let's whack a Disney film on. Oh god, and I'm, I'm TV. I'm like cool with it. Like TV yeah. can be on all day. I feel like that's a different. But I'm thing. sure if we had more sunshine and we could get out more, there would be less yes. time on the phone. Because I remember <laughs> this is a, going off on on an aside. But I was doing some work with a brand on my Instagram and it was like the middle of Wimbledon and it was really hot and sunny and I put this post out, I, I loved it and I spent and ages, no one saw it and I was like, damn it. But then I realised <laughs> people are out and they're not looking yeah. at their phones and actually I was really happy about that because I was like, oh, people still just yeah. enjoy themselves. Yeah. And it is, you know, it is so hard to find balance when you have your own business, especially, you know, I work at home, so I... There's no leaving the, there's no office. Yeah, really. you can't shut the door on it. Yeah, and, and it's so tempting, particularly because it's food. Like sometimes I'm making dinner, I'm like, oh, I'll do a quick Instagram stories on yeah. this, and then you start getting comments and things. Um, but the upside of that is, you know, I can go and put a load of washing on, or I can nip to an assembly at school, or yeah. things like that. Or unfortunately, if ever we've got like a builder come in, they can chat to me for ages. <laughs> yeah, it can be distracted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a constant. You know, it is, it's a whole new way of working that mm. we're trying to define. So yeah, that's that was it. a really vague answer. No, so. no, no, I don't, no, but that's it. It, yeah. it, is it changes every day. Like some days yeah. I'm on it and I'm like, right, I'm working between 9.30 and 3.00 and da, da, da. And other days it's just, yeah. I'm knackered. And then I can't really get in the zone for work. And I think, well, I'll work tonight and I'll watch Queer Eye this morning <laughs> while I do some ironing. And then it's like 3 o'clock and you're like, oh no, no, I've got to do all that work tonight. But then I and can that, do it in the evening. And so. that's the beauty slash danger of working for yourself yeah. is that you, you can be fluid like that. Yeah. And if you do wake up and think it's just not happening today, yeah. then yeah. you can, you know, or if your baby's been teething all yes. night, like it's what I'm going through. Or school poorly or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you can at least adapt. But yeah, yeah, it is hard not having, you know, I envy my husband in that way is that he can leave the office. However, yes. he too is an entrepreneur, so he kind of often works yeah. in the evenings. But hey. Yeah. So, thinking about all that, do you have, have you developed any what I call life hacks or productivity hacks that have kind of helped you manage this crazy juggle? Is there anything that you can share with us that we can do? Yes, so, um, product placement. I love my Hello Day planner, oh, nice. which I got in my goodie bag at the Wee Blog um, <coughs> Awards, Northern Blog Awards. Um, so, I'm, I've always been a list maker. Um, but I was not very. I was very good at making a very long list, and then not necessarily getting through much of the important stuff, but getting through the little easy things to get through. Yeah. And at the end of the day, feeling a bit rubbish that I've not achieved anything. So what I now do is at the start of every month. I, well, I have a master list. Um, sorry, master list. Depending <laughs> on where you're listening, um, I have a master, which is my list of literally every bit of madness that's in my head of things that I want to do for work, for home, personally. That's all on a list. So. Every couple of days, I'll just add stuff onto there. So things like I need to buy new school shoes. I need to create a new payment gateway. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> yeah, kind of way. <laughs> I need to text my friend who I've not spoken to for ages. So I, I try and put everything on there. And then once a month, I look at that and I think, right, what do I, like, these are the deliverables I've got this month. So I've got, you know, a partnership that I'm working on with a brand that I need to deliver export on this date. So I'll put that in. I've got this class on that date. And then I look at what time's left for kind of, I guess business development. Yeah. So my kind of paid for have to do stuff goes in first, you know, kids, things that I need to do. Um, and then whatever gaps I've got left, I look at the list 
and I think, right, what is actually going to make a difference to me or my business or the family this month and where do I slot that in? Nice. And then I, I don't always stick to it. No. <laughs> but I, I have that intention. And then at the end of the month, I kind of look back and I think, oh gosh, actually, I've done quite a lot this month. And I think that's so important is actually looking at what you've achieved rather yeah. than what you haven't. Because I know, you know, there's always going to be, you can always have to yeah. get a to-do list and there's always work to do. Yeah. But you can get bogged down and think, well, I've not done that and that's not ticked off. But actually yeah. looking back at what you have ticked off... Mm-hmm. Or the done list, which the somebody told list. me to do, is like sit down at the end of every month and write what you've done. I like that. And it can be everything from, I managed to get my kids to three birthday parties and buy presents. I cleaned my oven. I <laughs> bought a new pair of shoes. I managed to go for three walks. You know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, and You know, a I bit like sometimes off. I used to write a to-do list and I used to put something on that I'd already done just so I could cross it off. It's kind of a bit like that. I love that. <laughs> that, that like gratification <laughs> of like, tick. Brush teeth. Oh, brilliant. I'm <laughs> succeeding at the day. So I do that. And then I, I think the other thing I try, I've got a lot better at. So coming from an agency background where one of our measures of being a good agency person, it was in the contract with our clients is that we would reply to emails within two hours. We reply to phone calls within um, an hour or something. I can't remember yeah. what it was now, but it was all about constantly being there to help and to answer and to not leave people hanging and that is after 10 years of being in that mindset mm-hmm. it is really hard so I used to like look at people's email inboxes that had like 9,000 emails and go <gasps> yeah I couldn't cope with it yeah um but I'm realizing that that's not a very good way of being productive because yeah. you're constantly just dealing with whatever pops up that's it you're being reactive rather yeah. than proactive and yeah. that's a massive change that I'm trying to make in myself at the moment because mm-hmm. you do I think especially it's one of the things about being a parent you just yeah. You're constantly reacting to all these different things from every angle. Mm. Actually, yeah, I, I have to stop myself at looking at my emails sometimes because yeah. I can get lost down that rabbit hole. And people are always going to want stuff from you. Yeah. And actually, a lot of the stuff that people want is time wasting. Yeah. Or it's just they want something but they're not prepared to pay for it and then you've got to have a whole conversation about like do I just answer this or do I actually say well this is how much it's going to cost yeah, me to do yeah. this for you or do I just do it um, and you can end up spending all your time doing that stuff yeah. and I think what I've tried to start doing again is I now only look at emails at the end of my working day rather than at the beginning yeah, so it's not in my head yeah that's good and so you don't just lose two three hours yeah. at the beginning of your day which is what always yeah. happens to me yeah I love that Okay, so to sort of start wrapping up, thinking about the future. Yeah. So one thing I always like to ask my guests who kind of work for themselves, who have left the nine to five, is what does success look like for you now? Oh gosh, so I would like to just feel like I'm doing a good job at being a mum and I've succeeded with, I've created something that is helping people that makes me happy. Amazing. Um, Obviously behind that there is, I'm very conscious of the number of people who are signing up to my meal plan every month is a very clear measure for Mm -hmm. me of how I'm doing. Are my cooking classes getting booked up? Um, That's kind of my, you know, that's my benchmark. That's what I look at and feel either good or bad about my day, depending on how that's going. Um, But the things that I'm trying to get better at is every time people send me a lovely comment about here's my child eating this thing I screen grab it and I've saved a thing in my slack which is where I organise a lot of my work stuff um, with all those nice things in and yeah. sometimes I'll just have a little scroll through them and I'm like oh, that's lovely. I'm actually doing nice things even if not, I've not made that much money this month 
there are people you out there who are eating nice food and enjoying cooking. Yeah. Um, or that you've given somebody more time with their kids because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's almost like that sort of jar, isn't it? Jar of um, yes. little nice written yeah, notes. Which obviously mine's on my screen. <laughs> You're scrolling through. <laughs> which is another, you know, little activity yeah. hack there for you guys out there. Slack is awesome. Mm. I love a bit of Slack. Um, where do you see you and your business in five years' time? Five years time. All I can think is that in five years time, my kids are going to be at high school, which oh. is like, oh, I can't even imagine. There's going to, be, and I know from my friends who've got older kids, that's a whole new world oh, of madness. Teenagers. Again, you think, oh, they'll be, but all you're doing is driving them around and worrying because they don't come home. I'm terrified about the teenagers. Yeah. Terrified. So, and also, well, I've been doing it then for like twelve years. Yeah. Um, I would love, so I'm writing a proposal for a cookbook, which I've been writing for two years, and everyone keeps asking me, how's the book going? And I'm like, I've still not sent it to anybody, because I'm oh too scared of being rejected. No, don't be, it would be amazing. <laughs> so I'm, I really want, I'd like to have had a, at least one book published in yeah, five years. love that. I'd like to spend less time doing the bits of my job I don't enjoy, and more time doing the, I'd be able to afford to pay someone to do those bits, so I can do more of the bits I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of, I love that because just sort of backtracking a little bit, but I love that you're happy to say that I think we need help, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, I think if you, anybody who's running a business or working and also trying to be a parent, I think it's accepting that you need help. And yes, you mm -hmm. might have to work to a certain point before you can afford that help yeah. or enlist it. But I think, yeah, being in a place where you can have, you know, Somebody else working on the business is really nice yeah. as well. Well, I always think what's funny is so before I do a cooking class, I will be, because I teach from home, I will be, you know, in the downstairs loo, checking <laughs> that out, giving a quick script, the toilets, yeah. running to, to, you know, the supermarket to get bits, washing up afterwards. And there's always moments where I just think, I can just imagine like Nigel, not that I want to be Nigel Lawson, <laughs> but someone like Nigel Lawson, who probably just, you know, swans into a room, all the food's there, she does the lovely cooking bit and then buggers off. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, that would be so nice. I bet I Nigel doesn't have to mop up the loo. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, what's the next thing for you then? What's the next thing? So, well, on Monday, I am going to France to work with um, a wine, I don't know if I can say the name, a wine company right. who've asked me to go over and cook with them for three days, which I'm like, that's probably one of the most exciting that's things I've ever done. That was through social media. Me Did and the they got chatting. Yeah, they got chatting. Um, she was loved my ideas, but she's got kids, she's English, oh lives in France. Gosh. Um, so I'm going over there to go to the market with her and do some cooking and some photos and writing. So that's very so I'm, I'm doing a few more things like that, which Love is quite that. scary and yeah. new. Um, and more cooking classes, more supper clubs, and just really focusing on my meal plan service. I think is my kind of more is going to become my core income stream and yeah. where I spend most of my energy. So I need to get better at marketing that and not being apologetic for marketing it. No. Which is hard. absolutely not, and and that again, that's something I think women we do. We yeah. you know we're not just we don't just go out there. Yeah. You know, ovaries on table. Yeah, it's <laughs> on table. But it's yeah. just why be apologetic for something that you're creating using your time, your energy, your expertise? Mm. You know, no, go for it, push yourself because you're amazing. Yeah, and I think what's you know what's hard is people are so used to content. For everyone who's listening, I hope this might help. But when you're consuming a lot of free content which there is so much a lot of people are like oh so you're charging now are you oh. and i'm like yes i bloody am yeah. because i've given away and there is still so much stuff on my website that's free 
but I need to pay the bills. And Absolutely. I'm not just some kept woman who's like having a little hobby, yeah, that, which is you know wonderful if that's what you can do. Um, I need to, you know, I spend a lot of time and money on this, and I need to get, you, you know, know, get that rewarded in <sighs> some way. And I, I've always been very defensive of that, but actually, you know, nobody goes to the dentist and says, oh, can I just, while I'm here, can I just have some fillings for free? Yeah, <laughs> this is it. And I, I've been talking about this a lot lately um, on my social media as well, about the perceived value in things. And I think, um, again, it's kind of the beast of this digital age is mm. that people are bombarded with stuff. Some of it's crap. Yeah. Some of it's great. Some of it's been, you know, it's real expertise and some of it is bullshit. Mm. And it's really hard to filter your way through mm. that. And I think people are expecting everything for nothing mm. and actually until they try like we said at the beginning yeah. until they come and try something and actually see the value yeah. see the value in actually collating all this stuff together and yes you might like you know you give a lot of value mm. away for free mm. and maybe if i spent three days sifting through oh, all yeah, your you could do stories it. Yeah. and back history yeah. i could create you know my monthly meal plan when who has time for that? Yeah. I'd rather pay you. Oh, totally, yeah, and get, totally. You know, because time is money. Yeah. And that's something I'm really trying to drum home to, you know, my audience as well and our audience as we blog is that time is money. So if you're saving yourself a few hours and headspace. And headspace by, you know, paying 10, yeah. 15 quid, 20 quid, whatever it might be, that actually that's where the value is. Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of turning that from a business point of view, that you know, if you're rubbish at finances and you can find somebody who's amazing, who you can pay and you can afford to pay them, it's much more valuable for you to spend time on the stuff you're really good at. Yeah. And that's something my husband's always wanging on about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> giving <laughs> <laughs> It's like, don't, you know, because when you do, I mean, I do my own website, my own finances, I go to the shops, I clean the toilet, I do the cooking yeah. classes, I do, and it's, in, when you actually put it down, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And there's no one else really runs businesses like that. No, that's <laughs> it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so final two quick fire questions. Yeah. Well, I say quick fire, you don't have to. No, it's not, like, it's not like that quick fire. But we've talked about your practical tips. Is there a book or an app or something that we all should have or should read that's kind of changed your business journey or just... Oh, gosh. So I love um, the hashtag authentic podcasts. Okay. I've yeah. found them really helpful. Um... I'm quite late to the whole pod listening to podcast things, but now I listen to those a lot. Yeah. Um, gosh, what else? I mean, I've... Uh, talking to... All the, I mean, it's, it sounds a bit boring, but it's basically talking to all the people who are doing it. And I think it's very easy to get isolated in mm. this. So talking to all the people in real life. A book. Gosh. I get so busy reading cookbooks and novels. I don't really read Well, that's books. okay. No, I think the podcast, I think, is... The hashtag authentic is really interesting because it's it's geared around the creative yeah. entrepreneurial kind of thing, isn't it? So I think that's really kind of useful for anybody's... Yeah. Obviously, other than this Well, podcast. obviously, I mean, this is going to become <laughs> Dreams, yeah. hashtag goals. And then one more specifically for you um, to help us out there, us busy working mums or, you know, not working maternity leave, whatever yeah. it might be. What? No, still working. Still working. Bloody just hard. Just, just not getting paid for it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, what's the one thing that we could change in our kind of everyday eating or cooking that would make a difference? Does that even make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, oh my gosh, this is where I could talk for blooming hours. <laughs> um, taste your food and learn how to season. Learn what to put thing in things to make it taste good. Yeah. Is a very basic thing. Sharpen your knives. Right. Um, but meal planning, I know it sounds like a bit, but it is 
just so important. If you meal plan, you only have to think once a week what you're going to cook because there is nothing worse than it being six o'clock on a Wednesday. You've hardly got anything in the fridge. The kids are screaming and hungry. You're starving and about to eat seven yeah. rounds of cheese on toast because that's yeah. all there is. Whereas if you take away, yeah, so just think ahead, and it's kind of like what we're saying about work. You know, if you make time to plan, get everything in place, you're much more likely to succeed rather than having to think in the moment when the rest of life's madness is going on. And how long would you say a week basic would be a good good amount of time to plan for the week? I mean, I well, it. So I would say for most people, either follow my meal plans and I'll do it for you, or for most people, sit down on a Sunday with a coffee or a glass of wine or both. with a list of what you're going to do during the week so you know nights that you're going to be in nights that you're working nights that the kids are out doing things work out which nights you need a 15 minute dinner which nights you can spend a bit more time maybe batch cooking two meals at once um put down the recipes that you know everyone loves that you're happy to have that week that you're not bored of and then maybe pick one or two new recipes a week rather than trying to make this week we're going to have Thai food every night yeah. and we're going to go to the Chinese supermarket. I mean, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so just be realistic about what you can make, but start to do more cook once, eat twice. So yeah. make a big batch of something, put it in the freezer for another day. And um, this is what your monthly subscription is amazing yeah. at telling us. So yeah. it is a definite, like, if that, all of that is sounding like, oh God, I don't know where to start, which it would to me. Which is for a lot of people, yeah. That's why you have your it's all done for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then finally, tell everybody where we can find you and how we can get in touch with you. So my website is you say tomato cooking, you say tomato. Um, my Instagram is Gem C Wade, Gem with a G, and my Facebook is you say tomato cooking. I, love I know that. they should all be the same. They're not. No, so. well, who cares? <laughs> but I also love that you've said you say tomato and you say tomato. And actually, bad interviewer. We haven't even talked about the fact that that's kind of like your business name. Oh, yeah. Which just, totally yeah. makes sense. <laughs> well, I think people don't realise why Why would you choose such a long name? Yeah. But, yeah. but it makes sense with the kind of, um, yeah. you know, UK, USA. Yeah, they all, the hilarious thing, just as a final fun thing, is, you know, I was born and brought up in Manchester, very normal. And when I went to America, it was hilarious because everyone suddenly thought I was really posh. They'd be like, oh my God, you speak so beautifully. And I was like, Really? <laughs> and like they pull me over at parties and says, Can you just say my husband's name? I'd be like, Peter. Peter <laughs> So it's lovely to go somewhere actually and feel you yeah. know who needs finishing school. I love that. <laughs> just move abroad. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I always love chatting to you and um, next time we'll do it over a glass of wine. Yes, absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Gemma. She was full of really helpful tidbits for us modern mums and entrepreneurs juggling uh, business and kids and food and meal prep. So I hope you really got something out of this one. Um, I'm including links to everything we've talked about, including Gemma's subscription in the show notes. So do take a look at those. And if you enjoyed this week's episode and any of my others, please do leave me a five-star review and rating because I need it so that other women like yourselves can find the podcast and hopefully enjoy it too. Thanks guys and have a great week.